Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of the Great Answer Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Asai. What's up, man? What's up, man? And on today's episode, we have a guest with us. It is wide receiver for the Rhine Fire, Nathaniel Robitaille. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Before we start here, just give us a quick background on about your football career, where it started and stuff like that. All right. Um, so I started playing football at age seven. Started playing football at age seven. I was a uh, running back, quarterback in in the the youth leagues in Pop Warner. Um, we actually turned out the team that I was on was really good. Uh, we ended up winning four straight, like tiny, whatever you want to call it, Pop Warner Super Bowls. It went to five straight. Um, it was pretty good. And then uh, You are a youth Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, kind of, in, in this area. <laughs> I, was, I was actually, thinking back, I was published in a, a magazine for one of the top youth football players in, uh, in the country at one point. Um, almost like LeBron James being on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> except, except I had a little picture in the back. <laughs> So, but it was it was cool. Um, I played quarterback. A lot of people don't know that is I played quarterback from um, about that age, age seven, all the way until um, I went to college. So after Pop Juana, I went to the Catholic high school that's in my area. Um, mother's order. She thought that bringing a little bit of uh, faith and all that stuff would have been would have been good into it. The only thing is we're not Catholic, so we took the we took the scholarship. I went for three months, and I said, ah, this isn't for me. So I went back to my public high school where I was a uh, where I was a quarterback. I was top-rated in the state, Massachusetts. Um, and then I ended up going to play in an all-star game, the Shriners all-star game. Shriners is for uh, burn victims, uh, and we played a game for that. There's a lot of uh, Shriners games and all-star games and bowls. Ended up doing that. Um, coming out of high school, I only had film of quarterback. I played DB as well, but I only had film of me as quarterback. So a lot of the colleges kind of a lot of the a lot of the big uh, FBS schools were like, oh, you're not going to play quarterback. So if you come to one of these schools, we'll probably try you out at DB or receiver. Um, had some had some interest. Didn't really didn't really take off much. Um, and it was kind of crazy because if I think back to that All Star game that I was with. Every single person that played in that game, for the most part, was a had a Division One scholarship, and I and I played. Uh, I remember at practice there, they they needed a quarterback for a play, so I played quarterback. They needed a punter, so I punted. Um, I played receiver. I caught the first touchdown of the game. I recovered the first onside kick of the game. Um, it was just all <laughs> over the field. I was playing DB. It was all over the field. So, a real jack of all trades. Yeah, honestly. So um, I just been blessed to do that. But thinking back, I was just like what is holding me back from, from getting that um, kind of that FBS scholarship? There was, uh, there was a couple of FCS schools that um, offered me and, and stuff like that, but a little later. And then um, ended up, ended up taking a couple of visits in my area. If, if we could go back in time, hindsight is always 2020. We would have did a lot more visiting and a lot more uh, like going around the country to visit. Cause it was schools from all over the country that were kind of, kind of interested, but we just didn't really travel that much to do it. Plus I was playing basketball um, so that was kind of tough to do. So we just did a couple of visits around the area. Um, division one, division two schools ended up going to a division two school called Stonehill, um, Stonehill college in Easton, Massachusetts. 
they recruited me and I didn't sign. Sign day is February 2nd, I believe, 2nd or 4th or something like that. I ended up not signing anywhere until like the end of February. And uh, so I ended up signing. How how does that work when you don't sign in time? It's tough. So if you don't sign in time, as you know, coaches, scholarships go away, scholarships, scholarship money goes away. Um, Stonehill stuck with me. I, I ended up getting a, a partial scholarship starting off. Um, but the funny thing is, one of the schools that uh, recruited me was, was, a, was an FCS school, and they called me the day after I signed a Wagner and said, hey, we have one more scholarship. Um, uh, would, would you be able to take a, a trip this weekend to come visit in New York, Wagner? And I said, uh, sorry, guys, I just signed. <laughs> so, oh. so, so I can't. Um, but yeah, like I said, hindsight is 2020. So I ended up doing that and it just happened to, it was just a, uh, I don't know. I went there and their favorite story, their head coach now, um, is not the head coach I had. He retired, he retired, but the head coach now was the DC and they bring you in on a recruiting visit, right? So they had us work out on that recruiting visit. So at Stonehill, I went and they wanted me to play receiver. Every, every school was going to just use me as an athlete, not a quarterback. Um, I dropped every single pass in that workout. Wow. And, you, and, you say, well, and that's no joke. I dropped every single pass. And you can ask the head coach there now. It was awful. <laughs> it was so Did bad. You by purpose or no? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I maybe blame it on basketball season. I, I honestly don't know. I dropped I every you the passes. Pass. <laughs> yep. Dropped every single pass. And then, um, so how yeah. did you still get a scholar, a partial scholarship to play receiver? <laughs> I have no clue. So what? So what happened was, um, after I signed, they said, "Yeah, um, we'll, we'll bring you in and we'll just put you um, as an athlete, and you'll come in and, and and we'll see what you can play from there." So fast forward to getting on campus, go to my locker. They already assigned numbers. My number was eighty six, and I said, "I guess I know what position I'm playing now." <laughs> <laughs> You cannot run around yeah. on defense with exactly. 86. That's impossible. Yeah, it's trash. So so if you wear 86, you might be considered buns. <laughs> um, so I ended up uh, playing receiver. Um, didn't play much my freshman year. Played uh, special teams. I uh, got in a couple games. Caught my first touchdown my freshman year. Um, was just It was a year where I was like, man – I don't know if I want to play anymore or I want to transfer because one, the team wasn't very good Two, I wasn't playing. Like I'm coming from being one of the best players in the state to playing behind guys that I know I'm 10 times better than. Um, so it was kind of tough, but then, uh, so I wanted to transfer, talked about it a lot, talked to the coaches a lot, ended up staying. Um, I just, I'm a, I'm a real family type of guy. I, I love love having a lot of friends around me and stuff like that. So I built a bond with the freshman class that came in there. And uh, every every freshman that was there, the ones that stayed, I think there was about 18 of us, they were all like key components of us being good the next following years. Um, we all, the, all were starters. And so my sophomore year, swapped time a little bit um, until we played on national TV. We played on CBS. Um, Ooh, we were the, we were the big, division big network there. Yeah, we were the division two game of the week. Um, and we played against number two, New Haven. So number two in the country for division two, um, New Haven. And I just went off. 
I think I had three touchdowns. I had one that was called back. Um, a, a, I remember like it was yesterday, like a BS boat, a BS holding call by one of my uh, one of my good friends over there. Uh, those, yeah, those I, suck. Those yeah, really suck. Yeah, and it was great too. I, I ran a dig, caught it. It was everybody was going nuts. It was just, it was a cool experience. And then I, I ended up actually just going crazy. And um, that was on national TV. Everyone was watching it, and I just was. Yeah, had about a hundred something receiving yards, three touchdowns, uh, just going crazy. It was open all over the field, just making plays. And then from then on, it kind of took off. Um, stop, stop swapping time. My junior year, I was, I think, top five and top ten in some of the uh, statistical categories. I broke every school record. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really play much until the second half of my sophomore season, and then from then on, it was just kind of all steam ahead. I, um, I just kind of went balls to the wall and I was working out hard and making sure I was getting ready for the seasons. And my junior year, I just went crazy. I had a really good quarterback, um, really good team. We ended up winning our league that year. Um, so got a ring, got a ring there. It was pretty cool. And then my senior year was when it was just, we lost that our quarterback. Oh. So yeah, we lost our quarterback. And then I, I came in as a preseason All-American. Um, so I didn't realize that the NFL was a kind of could happen until then i didn't even realize it either until i want to say the one of the first games we played and the patriots and the redskins were on the sideline just just standing where all all the wide receivers were warming up and they were just looking at me taking notes so that's when i kind of knew like oh snap this thing could be for real was that the first time you had you saw scouts in attendance like that uh yeah i mean i i really didn't pay attention to it but when they were standing on the field right next to me with the logos on i said oh this this is real <laughs> and it and in my senior season it was almost at every game um there was there was a scout from some team and i uh i ended up going through four quarterbacks love them all all i love them all but it was a crazy year um and it just had, i i ended up still i was the first my junior year, I was the first receiver to ever have a thousand yards, um, and then my my senior season, I I did it again, but with four quarterbacks. <laughs> and, and you're the you're your school's uh, all time leading receiver, right? I was until you um, were. Yeah, I was until they had a guy come in a couple years later, um, and he 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 broke everything. My only asterisk to mine is that I did everything in two years. <laughs> he, he was kind of the main catalyst for four. So, so that, that's my only thing with that. But that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's still he's a great like he was a great player. I know he's still trying to play. I, I told him about the Europe League. He's, he's still trying to trying to push that push that envelope to get to the league. Um, I wish him all the best. I hope he does get it. But if not, I know he I could see him being a really great player in Europe. Um, if he if he does that route, yeah. So transitioning to Europe, then how did you uh, end up coming over here? Yeah, so, to the universe, right? Yep. So I went. So after after my senior season, um, went through. What did I do? I did two pro days. I did the Chicago NFL Regional Combine. Um, both my pro day was at Harvard and UMass Amherst. Um. And then the draft came and went. I tried out for the major league football um, thing. It folded. Uh, that was another spring league that popped up, but it folded. And then in March, 
I had a in March I had a tryout um, for the Jets and the Giants down at Fordham. Uh, my agent got me into it, and I had a tryout there in 2016. Um, I got a call from my buddy Nate Morris, who I played with at Stonehill. He actually went and played for the Unicorns um, in 2015. And uh, 2016, he called me. He said, hey, I'm about to change teams. This new new team is coming up from League Two. Um, I heard they got a lot of money. They're doing this and that. Um, they're looking for a wide receiver. So I brought your name up. Would you be interested? I said, let me take this tryout first, and let me see what happens from there. And nothing happened because the NFL is a 1% league. <laughs> they, 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 they try out guys all over the place. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it's really impressive just to even get – looked at from the league yeah um it, it really isn't i i don't think about that a lot because i'm still playing and i'm still kind of like i'm still in it so my every time i'm watching the game i'm like i could i could, I could do that i could do that i could do that <laughs> so it's it's tough it's tough sometimes I, I i put it on myself i will never go to watch an nfl game live until i'm done playing <laughs> and you still haven't done it yet haven't done it yet haven't done it yet of course, I watch it on TV here and there, but I mean, and I get invited to Patriots games all the time because the stadium is 20 minutes down the road. But I just tell everybody, nope, I just put it on myself. It just makes me work harder. <laughs> makes me work harder. <laughs> but how so, was it playing in Germany? So, yeah, so I'm going to get to that. Um, my buddy Nate, so he played for Swabish Hall, right? And he, um, he called me, he said, hey, I got a, got a great opportunity. I said, let me take this tryout real quick. Nothing happened. So he called me, um, I called him, and I said, hey, uh, put, put me on with your coach. It was Coach Garan at the time. I got on a call with him. Um, I liked what he said, and then I want to say three weeks later, I was on a flight to Germany for my first time. <laughs> wow. Yep. It, it was fast. It was a real fast transition. And I'll never forget when I got off the flight and uh, – the team, one of the team managers picked me up and we were turning the corners to go to the the managed management place. And there was a guy peeing pants down, probably drunk, peeing um, on the wall. And, and, and he, said, he said, welcome to Germany. And I said, this is going to be fun. <laughs> what a first impression. And yet you were in Germany for what, three or four years in a row? Yeah, so I uh, so I played Frankfurt um, 2016. Had a great time there. Love that city. Love the people. I still have a lot of a lot of real close people there. Um, like even on the Galaxy, love love all those guys. Love Coach Coach Kosling. Um, and then I went to Swabish Hall with uh, Coach Newman and the Unicorns and was there and had a wonderful time there. It was it was great. Um, we got would we have 50 wins in a row? Uh, just it, it was great place to be a great community feel the community was really involved that's it was awesome game days there yeah, it's, um, it's the biggest sport in that city right in yeah for sure yeah for sure how do you say the city name i usually butcher names so swabish hall swabish hall yes yeah swabish hall, hall. so swabish hall was, was awesome there um just just it was just a great time honestly and then uh 2020 hit things things you know 2020 for everybody yeah. And then we uh, all know up, what happened in 2020. Yeah, so ended up I ended up going to Finland, um, and that was kind of a reset for me. Uh, Germany was awesome. Lo- love Germany. That's why I'm going back. I love the people. I love the love the culture. Um, and then Finland came. Uh, Finland was kind of like it was a really it was a reset. It was just kind of it was a me 
find kind of me finding myself again and, and just kind of getting back to my roots of, of my faith and my um, just who I am as a person. Cause I know football doesn't last forever. So you got to definitely kind of ground yourself uh, as a person more than grounding yourself in a, in a sport. Sorry to say that, but it sounds like you had a midlife crisis in Finland. Is it that terrible of football there? No, 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 no. It wasn't a midlife crisis. Germany wasn't playing, and I was like, okay, let me let me go check. Let me go check. Let me go check that out. Um, and then we and then we went to uh, went to Finland with the Senjoki. Love the people up there. Love love the community up there. Small, very small city, kind of like Swabish Hall. Um. Yeah, I'm and I'm very blunt. The football up there is is not as good as the GFL, um, but it gave me a, a different perspective on European football. In that these guys, even in even in these other countries, they love the game and they love playing. And it, it doesn't matter if there's 20 people in the stands or there's uh, 250,000 people in the stands. They're just gonna play. And, yeah. And no. Yeah. And going to Finland yeah. was awesome. No matter what level we play at over here, we still love the game. And everyone just wants to have fun with it. Yeah. As I heard, the unicorns, they have a really massive fan base. Yep. Yeah. They, the only sport there, probably. The only big sport. Yeah, well, there is a basketball team that's that's kind of like 20 minutes away. They're pretty big. But as far as European football goes, I mean, the stadium held 20, 2,500 uh, people, I think. But we maxed it out a couple times, uh, probably close to four, just from a standing room and stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, in Sweden, we don't even get that big of crowds for our championship games. Like, oh. You're lucky if your two cousins came to the game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why you know that, that that's at the lower levels of side. Let's not sell us that short. <laughs> yeah, I've, we uh, had probably 150 people on the, in our final game. That's not bad. You're still playing. <laughs> yeah, still playing. I don't care. About, I don't care about fans, but I know how is the feeling playing in front of like a, a massive. Fan yeah, base? I mean it's. Man, for me, it it's definitely just it's just because I've I've always kind of been in a in a position of leadership and a position of kind of you have to have poise because everyone's kind of looking at you to make a player this and that. I don't you don't really notice it, honestly. It, and and even when I was in Finland, and I was playing in front of one hundred and seventy five people, two hundred people. You still didn't notice it. Um. I mean, yeah, when, when you come out of the tunnel, like in Germany, uh, when you come out of the tunnel and you come out of stuff, is fireworks and whatnot, and there's people everywhere and stuff like that. You get a feel for it then. But I remember telling telling the guys in the locker room our second German Bowl because it was about what's 70, what's 70 degrees in, in Celsius, like 18, 20. Ooh. Yeah, somewhere like around there. 21, yeah. So it was night. It was a really nice day. I think there was like eighteen thousand people there, or something like that. Um, and it was loud. It was getting packed. And I told the guys, I said, when you when you're walking when you're walking to the stadium, you can hear everything. And I said in warmups after, I told everybody, enjoy the moment when you're running out and you're seeing everybody. Like take that in, enjoy it, cry, yell, whatever you need to do, but then focus back in because we got a game to play. These people are just here to watch us 
play this game, but to us it means so much more than just a game. It's something that we worked for all season in the off season. So take it in for a second or whatever, look around, do what you need to do, but then lock back in. And that's kind of that's kind of the approach I take when I when I play against against high level teams and I'm playing in front of a lot of people because you don't really notice it when you're in the middle of the game. You don't you don't yeah. really hear the noise and yeah. Uh, once you hear that whistle blow, it's oh, all yeah. about yeah. being in the moment. Exactly, it's all about executing what you need to execute. Were you a part of the last championship for the Halls? I mean, the finals where they lost. Uh, 2019, I was. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker because against the Lions, right? In New York, yeah, that was, that was a heartbreaker. Um, I ended. I actually played that game on a torn quad. Um, I had to get a plasma shot and all this stuff. I I tore my quad the first play against Dresden in the semifinal, and then ended uh, up yeah ended up playing the whole game on on a torn quad. And then I took two weeks off. Um, the doctors were amazed. They're like, how? <laughs> um, they didn't know what had happened. And I took two weeks off and I didn't, I didn't practice once. I practiced on Thursday, the day before we got on the bus to go to Berlin. And then, yeah. And then I played in the, in the, in the semifinal and the finals on a, on a torn quad. It was Did you have a good game? What's up? Did you have a good game? For me? No, not my standards. Not at all. Horrible. Listen, and, and your, standards, your standards must be high because yeah. you average a thousand yards per season plus. Yeah, they they have to be. I mean, if if as a it's kind of like um, one of my favorite things that um, Jordan Newman said was when we bring you guys over as imports, you guys are professionals amongst amateurs. So to me, that means a lot. So I have to carry myself as a professional in, in every, in every aspect that I do. So I got to, and if you're looked at as an import, you're coming into play. You're not coming in to possibly get some playing time. You're coming in to make an impact. And so, so yeah, that's more pressure on you as an import. Um, some do. I mean, if, if you're not ready, then yeah. But I like I tell every every team I'm uh, you may not see me post on Instagram and like I told some of my guys at the Ryan Fire because um, they, they were all joking like yeah post videos tags I said I'm not I'm I'm old school I've been playing this game for twenty some years now I just uh, I I don't I'm not the big show you on Instagram and stuff what I'm doing working out but just know during that first kickoff I'm gonna be ready to play I proved on the pudding <laughs> you can just look back. I love your highlights at one point. You made two teammates fight. Do you know what that means? You caught a fade or something in the corner of the end zone. I believe the cornerback and the safety start swinging, almost swinging at each other. <laughs> I think the safety let you go by mistake or something. Yeah, I, I what that's. I was actually watching those the other day because I was because I, I like to go back and watch my film um, just to see what I need to clean up and if I had a, a tough kind of a tough matchup with, with somebody and see how I won and see what plays that he stopped me on so I, I could get better. Um, but, yeah, there was a th- there was a lot of that. There was a lot of people crashing into each other and people yelling at other, each other for stuff. And I just I just laugh. I just laugh it off and hand the ball to the ref. <laughs> <laughs> You're expert, a really good returner. Expert at confusing the secondary and getting them to not, not agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
You're a really good kick returner too, I see. Yeah, that um that's that's been something, man, that a lot of people ask me is is how do you 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 can't rush on, on kick return. You you gotta you gotta have to be you gotta have speed through the entire play, but you can't rush because the minute you rush, you're gonna pick a hole that you shouldn't have went and the hole that was designed is gonna open. And a lot of guys get nervous and they'll just be like freaking out. And then they just try to go somewhere, but you can't, they don't go anywhere. And then they just forget the read. You, you, you always kind of have to have a, uh, if it's kick return, right, left, or middle, always kind of have a, a thought process of, okay, let me take my time for a minute. Let me get going. And then there'll be a, a moment that you see a sliver start to open up and you just got to hit it then. And then you got to just full, full bore. It feels impossible to practice kickoff returns or punt returns for that matter. Because, like, a receiver, you can practice. Yeah, if I do this, the cornerback will do this. Kick return, you don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so, and so sometimes you don't know what your own teammates are going to do. <laughs> I've had plenty of times where guys are... players on kickoff. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a feel thing. It's 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 a feel thing. It's got to be a, a repetition thing. Um, you, you can only practice so much just, just kicking and... And catching catching kicks and kind of returning in different ways, but it's just a really a feel thing. Once you catch it, there's going to be uh, spots that open up. You just got to be patient and then hit it at the right at the right moment. Um, it's going to be tough next year with the whole ELF um, lining up right across from each other and doing that nonsense. I I'm not a big fan of it. I I, I think it takes away from um, guys that can play special teams really well. And, and it takes away from those guys getting a chance to actually play special teams and actually, like, do their job. Wait, I forgot. What is the new rule for the kickoffs in the ALF? Yeah, so I think the kicking team lines up at the 40 and the receiving team lines up at the 35. Um, and then the ball, when the ball is kicked, nobody moves until the ball is caught or is on the ground for three seconds, which is dumb because once it hits the ground, I think everybody's just going to move anyway. So it's like huh. – is, is there somebody going to count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, go <laughs> in the middle of a game? I don't think so. Um, and, and like I, and like, yeah, and like I said, I think it takes away from guys that are just are, are just your, your special team guys and guys that are on the team that, that can make an impact or your backup that can make an impact on special teams. I think it takes away from him being able to make an impact. So, Sometimes you wonder know. where they get the rules from. Is it because of injuries or something? Yeah, I think they want to cut down on on high speed collisions and stuff like that. But what if somebody gets off of uh, that that one block that where everybody's lined up so close and he puts a, a nice Allen Iverson move on him and jukes him out, and then <laughs> he's running full speed at the at the guy running back at him full speed. So I mean, either way, there's going to be a collision some way somehow. When they removed the blindside hits, they destroyed kickoffs. Yeah. Because now on kickoff, you run, you don't have a fear of getting knocked out anymore. Yeah, your, your head's not on a swivel. <laughs> yeah, you, like you feel nothing. Now it's boring. <laughs> it's, oh, uh, man. I, 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 I don't know, man. It's Like I said, for, for Ryan Fire, everything's going to be new for me. It's a whole new adventure. The league is going to be brand new. Um. I, I honestly think that it's going to be fun just being for in a new organization in a new city and stuff, but p- 
play wise, yeah, definitely. It's I'm not sure how it's gonna go. I'm not sure what it's like. So it's gonna be a brand new adventure for me. Why the fires? I believe you got more offers. I yeah. like to think at least. Um, so for me it was something uh it was something and I tell all my guys this and, and they know that when guys ask me about uh recruiting in Europe and playing, you have to go somewhere um where the coach and the staff cultivate a relationship with you. And I think that's what the Ryan fire did with me. They really, really, really took the time. I think we started talking in September, September, October. And um, I started talking with the head of operations, Fabian, and I moved over to the wide receivers coach and then to one of the owners. And it's just been a, a, a really great cultivating relationship. And I think a lot of guys miss that. A lot of guys will just say, Oh, I got an offer from Sarland, or I got an offer from Braunschweig, or I got an offer from Frankfurt. Those are like the best teams. Or oh, I got an offer from Hall, or I got an offer from Austria and Swarko, or one of the top teams in Europe. And they just go because of the name. And they don't look into the city. They don't look at the culture. Um, they don't ask the coach the right questions. They, they just don't kind of do their homework on what it means to actually play in that organization. And I think uh, just me being in Europe for – six six years now i think going on that um i've i've kept notes and i've wrote down a lot on how to kind of interview a team while they're interviewing me as well so you can say that you're really comfortable about the situation you're getting yourself into now very very comfortable um um don't of course there's there's little things that that you that you hope you get that that you've had in the past um but it's it's something that I've I've done my homework. They've they've done a they've done a really good job of, like I said, making me feel at home with them. I mean they they they, they want me to get out there as fast as possible and and they want me to get started with them and, uh, and that's not even the people that are on the team. That's just people that are helping out with the team and and kind of in the management. I can only imagine how if how the top of the organization if they're kind of showing that much love and, and, and helping build a relationship. I can only imagine how it's going to be throughout the coaching staff and the team and the helpers and the fans on the top. It's you, you're already getting that feel of a family and the, and kind of a, a really professional type deal. Would you, do you have any, you can go on. Do you, do you have any personal goals for this season? Um, Personal goals. Well, the cliche answer everyone says is win, but yeah, for sure. Um, I I just want to do do what I've been doing every, every time I step in Europe, and and that's probably to be be the best the best receiver um, for that team. And 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 if I'm the best receiver for that team, and we win games and stuff, and and I, I bring guys along and and make and make the guys around me better by just showing them, hey, and kind of kind of steering the boat a little bit. That's uh, just I think there's a way that you can win a lot of games when you have guys on your team that come together and can kind of help lead lead the way. Cuz every team needs leaders and you, and the more the more leaders you have, the better it is. So I think yeah, it's just kind of being the best receiver so I can get that group going and then becoming the best teammate so we get everybody going. Yeah, but definitely, to, definitely, uh, definitely a thousand yards. Definitely want to get a thousand yards. <laughs> you used to that number? What's up? You, you are used to that number? A thousand? Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a benchmark. I in 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 Finland, I played DB. I, I didn't play receiver much. I, I played Why corner because uh, the import rule. They they uh, have a really they have a running back up there. His name is Christian Powell. Probably, arguably the best. I think if he was in the GFL or ELF, probably the best running back in Europe. Just he's just a different type of animal. And I've seen him play through injuries. I've seen him jump over people. I've seen him. I've seen him run people over. I've seen him outrun people. Probably the best best running back in Europe, and arguably in my book, one of them. But yeah, the, the import rule. They had a quarterback and him. So. So you had to play defense. Yeah, I had to play defense. Uh, and did they put you in when the running back was out? Yeah, somewhat. And they they thought that he was going to get his finish his finish passport or like the uh, that four year rule that Finland does. If you're in Finland for four years and you stay a whole year or something like that, then you don't count as an import. You count as you count as a duel. Uh, so they so they signed you on that base. Then yeah, they signed, they they signed me in hopes that in hopes that he would get it, or saying that he that he was supposed to get it, and then he ended up missing it by like three weeks or something. So playing playing DB for uh, a bit, then did that change your perspective at all? Do you have any new ideas about what receivers do and tendencies they have, and maybe something you can apply to your own game? Thinking about it, yeah. Um... Being a DB is one is you want to be physical. Um, you you got to have no and, and I was always on the island mostly. Had me locked down one side of the field. Um, like I said, I played DB growing up too as well. Um, they just they always had me on an island. I was usually in man coverage, um, and it was just kind of a. I, I watched. I'm a football junkie, so I watched a lot of YouTube and Tre'Davious White. One of the things he said was that always finish the receiver to the ground, whether it's a catch, a drop, um, whatever you're doing, make sure that you finish the DB to the ground because uh, – I mean the receiver to the ground because a receiver after after a while is just going to get fed up of you landing on him and pushing up off of him and, and just being all, all up on him. And I know for me as a receiver, I don't like that. <laughs> like if you're going to try to get – if you're going to try to bump and run me all game, one, that's going to be tough because I've, I've learned from uh, some pretty good coaches all coach at the – Division one level right now. Um, I, I I know what I'm doing out there, but just as a DB, um, I know that they they want to be patient. Like you want to be patient, and and you don't never want to be uncomfortable. So as a receiver, on the flip side, that's what we're taught. We're taught to attack space, attack leverage, um, make them uncomfortable. Because the minute they're uncomfortable, what do DBs do? Bis. They what would you say? PIs? <laughs> oh PI. no, no. They when once once you make a DB uncomfortable, they try to shoot their hands and get their hands on you. So when when you're attacking leverage and you're attacking their space, they're tr they're gonna try to get hands on you so they can kind of control you in a bit. And that's why as a receiver, it's you never ever ever want to have a DB get hands on you. So. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a, going back to playing receiver this year is, is just keep doing what I've been doing. And like you said, having guys turn around to their teammates, like, what the heck did you – why did you do that? <laughs> and, and he's, and he's going to – he's, 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 he's because I was uncomfortable, but that's because he was uncomfortable. That's why he did that. <laughs> so wait, you haven't played full-time receiver for a season now. Yeah, almost almost two. So, yeah, I mean – Do you dude, feel rusty? 
I'm going to knock some dust off for sure. <laughs> now, a question you don't have to answer. Yeah. But do you know if the unicorns are going to the ALF or something like that or no? Um, I, I'm not sure. I think that there was something in the air that they possibly wanted to, but they would need to get their stadium. Um, they would need to move, but that's just me just hearing through the grapevine. I honestly don't know. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing over there. I, I know that they're, they're going to be ready to play at all times. I know they got a, a great offensive line. Um, they got some athletes and they, they're always going to be in the top of the GFL. I don't know if they're going to make that jump to the ELF. Um, I think the ELF is doing a great thing, though, um, with with there's a lot for Europeans because it's giving them an opportunity to to kind of be at that level. And the unicorns and teams were at um, in the in the German I was killing the GFL. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah, like a lot of teams left, a lot of players leaving. Yeah. And you saw it last year. Um, the level of play in the uh, if you if you really, really like I said, man, I'm gonna be honest and I'm being blunt. If you really if you really, really watch football and and you really, really see the football, the GFL um was down last year and the ELF was was the same. I mean, it's 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 the same level of play. There's just a lot more marketing to the ELF, which makes it look so much better. And and I and I truly believe that if the GFL had done the marketing standpoint that the ELF did, there'd be no ELF, and the GFL would be through the roof right now. Yeah, so the Monarchs against the Frankfurt Galaxies, who would win? Do you think? I think it'd be a dogfight, honestly. I and and I don't. It might be a game where is where it comes down to the wire and somebody got to make a play. I think I think that that's a great game. And I and I put it this way: if you if you mix those two leagues last year, you could probably say you could. Um, Hamburg, Hamburg, Frankfurt, Dresden, Hall. Um, all up at the top. Uh, uh Poland. You, you could probably put Poland up there too as well. The Panthers. Yeah. Um. Probably, yeah. Honestly, probably you could probably put a, a lot of those teams up there. Um, that that played in that league. If if you may, if you just had one one league of teams that were like that last year, your top five are probably. Yeah, Dresden, Hamburg, Frankfurt, Hall. Uh, Poland. I mean, you just go down the list, but I, but the level of play I think is is the same. I think it's it's just because um, it's it's all the same players essentially, right? It all the all all the guys that are playing in the ELF were GFL players. Yeah, I mean the the, the German ELF teams are drawing from the exact same player pool as yeah, the G- yeah. exactly, GFL is. Exactly. exactly. So you're playing you're playing with GFL talent still. It just looks a lot better because the marketing behind it. Yeah, and uh, some couple more imports and. Yeah, I mean, um, well, also if you look at it too, the ELF took away the the dual import rule. So if you're an American, uh, if you're American and Swedish, 
you don't you don't count as a as a European. You, you count it. You count as an American. Right? Really? Yes. So all the dual passport guys. Yep. Got screwed there. Exactly. So one of my like one of my one of my good friends, Jadrian Clark, he has a uh, an Irish passport, but he can't do it because he's American. So yeah. And I think even the running back from uh, Frankfurt, I think when he was uh, with Potsdam, he was a dual, but now he's an American. Yeah, those those types of rules are pretty interesting. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it goes back to kind of giving the the platform to the Europeans, um, and 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 letting the Europeans get that get that big time football feel, and and just kind of make it make a professional league out, out, out of it in a way that everybody feels like they're playing in the last two games of like quote unquote a GFL semifinal and a final. Yeah, for sure. Because if you uh, add more imports in, it becomes like an American league in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is what the NFL Europe was before. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between playing at the college level? So you were at a D2 then. So what's the diff- biggest difference between playing at a D2 college compared to playing with like a GFL team then? Let's say the just one that the, the knowledge that you get of the game uh, you practice a lot more. You watch a lot more film. You're consistently in the weight room. Um, everything is structured for you to be better at football every day. Here, in, when you play GFL, um, we pra- like when I was in Swedish Hall, we practiced two times a week. <laughs> Only and, Yeah, we practiced two times a week. Um, and we didn't – the coaches w- would uh, mark up the film on huddle, but there was no really meetings. Like where you sit down and kind of go over stuff with people, uh, yeah, it is it's a lot more it's a lot more laid back. If if you're if you're an import player in Europe, you have the easiest life. I mean, it's you're, you're playing football. You're playing football in another country. Um, all you do is show up, work out, have a good time, treat everybody right, and play your ass off. Was that a shock to you initially, the the amount of practices and film compared to at home? Um, I don't think it was a shock. Like I said, man, I'm, a, I'm the type of guy that, that can just kind of go into different situations and, and just take it for what it is and live my life accordingly to how it is. Um, and I think that was one of the things going to the unicorns, as they told me, is it's going to be a lot different than Frankfurt, um, big city life. Boston area so um you going from a big city to another big city which is fine but then you go to of a village and they're <laughs> like and they were like how do you think you'll be able to adjust to a village and I said I'm the type of guy that you won't have to worry about because I know what I'm here to do and I, I know the circumstances and I know what I have to do uh, so that, that was kind of that and I I think some guy sure 
it's just because you're you're getting far away from home and you just for maybe your first time on your own and doing stuff and because college everything's catered for you you have everything that you need in that area um that's why it's kind of a shock but for me it wasn't really a shock i think it helped me grow as a as a man actually um all the years i've been in europe because i've had to deal with stuff on my own and not have so mom how did it feel going from a big city to a village <laughs> uh there's definitely less to do. <laughs> There's definitely less to do. Um, the club, the club, and the bars, and and all the stuff is is the same every weekend. You see the same people all the time, so you get to, you kind of do get a community feel to it. Um, Were you a Frank famous Pro- guy with the unicorns? No, not me. I'm not. There's some people would argue that. Um, I had a guy. I was in the escalator in Frankfurt. Um, some guy threw up the unicorns like logo sign at me and I didn't really understand what he was doing. So we got to the top of the escalator and I shook, I shook his hand and was talking to him for a minute. And, um, I went to eat, uh, went to eat. Right. So I went to eat at a restaurant. I come back out with, uh, my German mom and she, uh, and the guy, the guy sitting there. So we walk back over and this is two hours later. Um, so we, we come out of the restaurant, he's sitting there and he says, he says in German, he says, is there any way I can take a picture, um, with you? And to me, I was like, yeah, sure. Like what well, you could have asked before, like whatever. Cool. So I took a picture with him and we were joking around and I asked mama, the lady that there, her name is mama J. That's my home girl. And she said, uh, she said he, he went to the restaurant, but he said he wanted to take a picture with you so bad, but he didn't want to bother you at first. And so I was like, oh, he didn't need to do that. And he said, no, you're famous. And I said, no, I said, I'm not famous. I'm just Roby. I said, I'm just Roby. I'm not famous. This guy waited two hours while we were eating dinner for, to, for me to come out and take a picture with me. <laughs> what a nice man. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know Germany had dedicated fans like that. Yeah, me neither. I mean, the, the same thing happened too at a out of a at a football camp that I did in. Uh, actually, I think it was Dusseldorf. Is it a Dusseldorf or Cologne? And one of the guys that ran the field or whatever, he came over and he was like, "Are you?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Oh, my daughter loves you. Can I take a picture uh, with?" You? Yeah, sure, dude. Whatever, it's cool. And I'm like, "Dang, all the way up in Cologne? I, I haven't played in the north once." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, I live that. in Schwäbisch. Like football is really massive there, so I think you are a local celebrity. Yeah, a, a little bit. Yes, you get to hold that. a lot of babies. Yeah, <laughs> 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 some would say that. But you know, and what I always tell uh, guys is that what you have to do is you have to get involved outside of football, because as an import. I know in the GFL, you only practice two times a week and you play a game. So that's three days you have to see your teammates. Every other day, you're seeing you're seeing the people at the sponsored restaurants. You're seeing people in the city. You have to get yourself out out and to get to know the people in the community. Um, and, th- and that's what I did. I, us three could go back to Swabish Hall, and we could all probably get a, a meal on on us and and uh, and an ice cream. <laughs> and we'd walk around and probably get a couple free shots here and there. And it's just because I, I put myself out there and made sure that um, I let everybody know I appreciate them and I love them and that I just I, I'm just 
I'm grateful to be in the in the community. And and, and a lot of guys don't I, I don't think a lot of guys actually do that. And I know a lot of guys don't do it because I've seen it firsthand. But I but I think just to do that and get immersed in the community helps you so much more um when you're away from home and playing in Europe. That, that's awesome, man. So yeah. being nice gave you made that you never paid for your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit sometimes. <laughs> or is it or is it based on that one thousand yards you had every season? Yeah, no. What's that, the bigger factor? No, that 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 kept the the euros coming in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to ask this because I'm really wondering. Yeah, being an import, do they pay you only for the season? Or do you yeah. get paid off season? They only pay for the season. There is a there is a loophole that I'm starting to hear about is guys can get um can do uh what is it called in the off season can get um, unemployment and, and and they can advantage of their um of their season paycheck I guess and they can keep them there. Um, I think I for me I haven't done that because I haven't been been. I haven't stayed longer than just the season. I, I usually just stay for the season and then I'll travel around Europe for a little bit for like a month and then head home for the holidays. Um, but moving forward, like going to Dusseldorf, I've already spoken to the guys. This is a place where I kind of want to build something and I, and I want to be there for longer than just the season. And I want to be able to possibly work a job and, and kind of help with the organization as much as I can just to help it grow. And then eventually maybe, maybe move to a position coach or, um just something in management maybe or recruiting coordinator just something to help the team grow uh and that's kind of that's kind of been my mission the last couple of years is to find a team in a place that I can do that at so you're you're getting to the point now where you're thinking about what you're going to do after you stop playing yeah and I, i i think i started thinking about that in 2019 just was just like man i Finland. i Hi, when I was in Germany and Fin, I love Finland. <laughs> He said his voice in <laughs> Finland. I, 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 I love Finland. Finland is is a is a place that you can go and relax and kind of enjoy nature and kind of and be at peace. Um, it's boring. I'm not gonna lie. If 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 you're a uh, guy that likes to do do activities and and hit a bar and and maybe see nightlife or see a show or something like that, very boring. <laughs> but but if you if you want to kind of get to that point and have a family and 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 settle down and and all that stuff then yeah for sure Finland is a great place to be yeah they have, I think they've got the best, highest scoring educational system in the world so that, yeah that's and something voted, they can boast about exactly and it was voted the number one happiest place in the world or something like that no it's Denmark the least suicidal people i know finland's up there. I, i mean it, i think it changes year to year but it, lots of the scandinavian and nordic countries get on that the top of yeah. that list why why what's up with you guys up there what are you guys just so happy all the time we don't expect much from life so we just take it <laughs> we're pretty content with what we have i think that's a and, good way to put it and that and that's exactly how for me is is how i'm i'm living my life i i want to live like that and i want to live a, a kind of a minimalist life and just i don't need a thousand pairs of shoes i don't need 
people asking for my autograph and stuff like that and pictures and whatnot. And I just want to live kind of like you guys said, is just be happy with what I have and whatever else comes great. But if I, nothing else comes, be happy with what I have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think about coaching, you're always welcoming Kehwansta. <laughs> to coaching? Yeah. Being yeah. Our office coordinator. Dude, for sure. That's, that's yeah. something that I've been, people have asked me all the time and people are like, you're a great leader. You got a great, um, like, assertion and voice and you command a room um that's definitely something i want to do uh it's something that i don't know where or when but i always said in the back of my and i keep saying this is i want to coach on an island somewhere <laughs> i want to get i want to get a, i want to get on one of these european islands and and, and make a team or coach a team what <laughs> island what islands have teams that's an interesting I know, one i know my favorite so far, my favorite place to go is Mallorca. Yeah, they do have a team there, don't they? Yeah, yeah, the Volters. I don't know, I don't know um, the ins and outs of it, but I got a I got a buddy who lives in Mallorca, um, and he's and I am really good with him. It has nothing to do with football, but I brought that up to him one day, and he said, "Dude, if you did that, that would make my life." <laughs> That's said, awesome. Yeah, said, I don't make think it that team can afford you, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I, and that's the, and that's the th crazy thing about European football is you never, a, a lot of guys come over and they think that the, the, the richness comes from being able to, how I tell people at home is I'm getting paid to do a, play a, a kid's game mm -hmm. and travel the world on somebody else's dime. All I have to do is show up, be a good person and play football at a high level. You only have to catch balls. Imagine. That's it. You Living the dream out here, bro. It's it's insane. And if and if, if you're an import and, and you don't kind of understand that that your life is is great, I mean, of course you're gonna have some things that yeah you, you kind of wish could be better. But like you guys said, be happy with what you got. Um. I, I just I just think that it it gets lost uh to on some guys, um, but. I mean, shoot, I've, I always tell people I've, I've had the best of the best out here. My first year in Frankfurt, dude, it was probably the highest paid team in, in all of Europe, um, I think. And then the next three years, I was with Swabish Hall, and we were the best team in Europe. And then I went to Finland, and I, I got an appreciation for um, another, another way to see football from a different perspective and, and how guys just love to play the game. Uh, so yeah, my, my European football experience has been awesome. And I hope that, uh, I hope that Dusseldorf is the same way. And like I said, they're, they're cultivating a lot of good stuff. So nicely put, uh, but before we wrap up here, we, well, no, have... we, to, we can keep going. We don't have to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't want to have our uh, listeners needing to listen to three hours of content <laughs> you can't actually do a return after the season or mid-season yeah for sure for sure but before we wrap up we have three or four ish questions that we Go like ahead. to ask all of our guests uh and we hope you'll answer these honestly and to the best of your ability yep. <laughs> the first one is uh, what is your favorite football concept so this can be anything. It can be a run play, a pass concept, a blitz, a coverage, whatever. Double moves. Double moves. 
double moves. Is there a specific type of double move you like, or you just like all the double moves? All of them, because they always get me open every single time. <laughs> every single time. Not double knowledgeable moves. people who don't know what double moves are. Tell them. The double move is so you, you you have your basic routes. You have slant, hitch, um, go route, comeback, dig, post, it, whatever you want it, whatever you want to call it, out route, whatever. So you run that first move, and after your third step, usually on that on that first move, you turn up and you just go. You go you go straight forward. You go upfield, and it's it's something that always will create separation. But for the most part, if you if you run it the right way, if you sell the first move, the second move will always be open. Um, and it's you just say we'll we'll go slant and go first. So you start. You're at the you're at the 40 yard line. You you have you have a slant call, a slant and go called sluggo. That's what we call it. So you you come off the ball, three steps vertical, stick it out on your outside foot, three steps in at about a what do you want to say like a 45 degree angleish. Yeah. Eyes and head back to the quarterback for three steps on that last step on your right foot or your left. Stick it into the ground. And then get vertical and just run as fast as you can because that ball's coming. You better not drop it because you're gonna be open. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the second question. What is your favorite favorite uniform? My favorite uniform. The next one I'm wearing. Oh, politically good, I see. <laughs> Well, I get well, well. Honestly, it I it's, I mean you, it's something that you always want to have. Um, is I I think it's cool, and I wish more teams in Europe did it. Is is putting these guys' names on the back of their jerseys, is especially the the European guys that that come from work or or come from a job and come from their families and stuff like that. It's just to it's cool to represent the team that you're on, but it's also it's cool to have your name on the back. It's, it's that's an awesome thing that I think the ELF does. I know Finland does it. A couple other leagues may do it, but I think that's just a cool thing to to do for the guys to all the effort and work that they put in is to have your name on the back. So I yeah, think, that's yeah. actually amazing. I wish our team did that. Yeah, Tyson, yeah. make it happen, please. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Tyson listens aside. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> he will have this one. Yeah, he better. <laughs> Tyson, our like manager. Yeah. He he's our do do it all in Kufansta. He's been coaching and he runs a a store and he's okay. on the board, so he does a bit he of plays everything safety for us. If we need to. Oh, so I I gotta I gotta talk to that man. He knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, good. now to the bad, like the harder questions. Yeah. What is the least skillful position of football? Like, what position requires the least amount of skill? Least amount of skill. Like, if you bring a guy from the street and just tell him what to do, he'll do an okay job. <laughs> well, well, I was, I was gonna say, um, defensive line, because it's just. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you, you you could just with without covering gaps and stuff like that. 
it's just kind of a guy to say, hey, uh, come here, stand here. When the ball is snapped, you see the ball move, fire off as fast as you can and try to get the ball. <laughs> like if you're a guy who weighs 400 pounds and could move, you can be the best nose tackle. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta have a little strength behind you. You just gotta go. Yeah. You see that ball snap, just go. That's what this is the, actually our uniform answer. Every guest has said D line. Oh, oh side, I don't, I don't like you hearing. Uh, I don't like hearing you throw shade at your own position. That's that's a bit weird. <laughs> I'm an athletic well, I freak. I mean, because because I mean, you, you can run down a real. You can run down it real quick. Of course, quarterback, you got to know all this and that. Uh, Running back, you got to be able to juke people out and be fast and quick and strong. Receiver, you got to be able to catch. Um, tight end, you got to be able to block and catch. Offensive line, you got to be able to stop the crazy guy that has no thought. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, that guy's crazy. The defensive lineman doesn't have to think, just go. You realize D line doesn't have like to think or do anything. Just watch a D lineman get a ball. They will yeah. be so confused. <laughs> They will run the wrong way. They will run into the guy instead of the hole. You see, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And I, and it's just, I mean, a, a kicker. That's I can't even. I, I've kicked, but just to kick consistently, that's hard. Punt. I mean, I've seen a lot of punters punt backwards and punt five yards. So that's punting is a little difficult. Okay, what position requires the most amount of skill? The most amount of skill. Hmm. You went through pretty well. What kind of skills are required of lots of the positions? Yeah, I mean, I I probably I'd probably say I'd probably say corner or tight end. The the, the tight end nowadays, because the tight end nowadays, every, like everyone says, you have to block a, a guy like Von Miller or or a really good defensive guy that's fast off the edge, strong. And then you got to be able to run routes on safeties and linebackers. And sometimes if you're a really good tight end, they'll put a corner on you. So you got to be able to get, get past a corner or a quick defensive back. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say tight end to be like skillful and, and to do both, to put your hand in the dirt and to kind of split out. So you really value that sort of versatile, versatile skill set. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of, it's because it's it's how I've been, man. Um, you you can't. The more you can do, the longer you'll stay around. If if you if you if you are a receiver and the, and you just run fades and go balls, eventually there's going to be a guy that's taller than you and a little bit faster than you, and they'll just put him in your spot. Or it's like you you lose a step and then suddenly you're not yeah. going to be effective at all. Exactly. So you got to be able to. To, to be that guy that, that can do a lot of stuff. And you got to be a guy that can go into the slot. And kind of like for me, um, playing in Swabish Hall, just because that was where I was at longest. Um, well, even in Finland, too, when I played DB, so I was playing offense and defense. Um, but even Swabish Hall, when I was just on offense, I was in the slot. I was outside. I, I was at X. I was coming in motion. I was taking handoffs. I was throwing passes. Um, there was one game we were down running back, so I lined up at running back. Um for uh, some some drives of the game, uh, I, was, I was the backup quarterback. So when Marco went down or Jadrian, I was I was the one that was playing. Um, so yeah, the more you can do, the better off you'll be. 
in the coach's eyes, the, the people that are putting together the, the stuff, the more you can do, the better off you'll be. That's what I believe. So colleges had a right choice putting you as an athlete. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they did. And with that, we'd like to thank you for joining us, Nathaniel Robitai. Yeah, thank you guys. This was awesome. I, I look forward to, uh, to hopefully hopefully connecting with you guys in, in person and, and giving you a hug and, and talking more. And and hopefully we'll get back on uh, in the midseason or something and we'll talk about what's going on at Ryan Fire and and maybe get you guys down to a game. Yeah, we, awesome. I, I think we, we'd love that. Yeah, we uh, We'd like to thank everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify or Anchor. Bye-bye. Ciao.